Welcome to the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm your host, Associate Editor Hannah Bubser. Justin Chilella, President and CEO of Victory Lane Quick Oil Change, joins me on the show today to talk about the management certification course from the Preventative Automotive Maintenance Association, or PAMA, formerly known as the Automotive Oil Change Association. Justin is a board member for PAMA, and the most recent management course was held at Victory Lane headquarters in Michigan. Keep listening to learn how that course went and to get an overview of how the course is run in general. Justin, well, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Great to have you here. We're going to talk a bit about the PAMA Management Certification course. And I think to start, it'd be great to talk a little bit about the purpose of this course and who it's targeted for. Yeah, so I'm glad to be here. Um, the, the the course is really... Um, an evolution of the the old management course uh, that was offered by the AOCA. Uh, PAMA, as you know, is the new name of the association, which stands for Preventative Automotive Maintenance Association. So we really wanted to start to shift the course towards more of a preventative uh, maintenance focus. And uh, so that's kind of what the, the goal was this time around. Um, the course is really designed for for managers and owners who are working in the store, uh, who have been working in the store for, you know, uh, a period of time and who are looking to take their skills to the next level. So there's really, there's a, a leadership component to the course. Um, then there's sort of a, a business component, an industry component to the course. And that really, you know, we start to break down, you know, what is preventative maintenance? Um, what are the services? Uh, why are they why they're important to the you know to the consumer and to the customer uh, and then ultimately you know how to translate that into uh, a healthier bottom line and the course was recently held in early October in Michigan it was at Victory Lane correct 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 so can you talk about that course specifically um, the duration of it and what it looked like? So we're really proud to uh, to to have hosted uh, the the course here at our at our headquarters. Um, we've got a fantastic facility here. We actually have a um, like a quick lube bay built into the back of our facility, so that really worked out nicely in terms of facilitating the course. Um, but uh, this time around, we changed the course up a little bit. So we invited uh, some vendors in to um you know do what's called a vendor showcase and really it, it really became a hands-on workshop so we had um the folks here from service champ we had folks from true brand and then um matt webb who's the current president of the association did an ev workshop so we actually had a tesla model 3 and a ford mach e um both are, are pretty popular evs right now and um, Matt went through basically a maintenance checklist on those vehicles. So it was really, it was a two and a half day course. 
Um, it was sold out. It was uh, just really, really cool. I think everyone in the course got a lot out of of interacting with the vendors. And and, and when I say vendors, these are not the account reps. I mean, these these folks were not there trying to sell products. They were demonstrating preventative maintenance services on actual vehicles, um, answering questions, talking about the technical aspects of the service, what it does, what they do, what they don't do. Um, and, and, and so it was a hands-on type of a, a clinic. Uh, so I just want to make sure that that's clear. It wasn't, um, you know, we weren't trying to sell branded products or something like that. It was really about um, how do you perform these services? When are they appropriate? What's the methodology behind the service really? You know, so that that's really was a, was, was the primary focus of the, of the course. And then of course we had the, the classroom pieces of it as well. What was the response like to, to bringing in those EVs? I think that's an interesting decision and really an applicable way to showcase some of the preventive maintenance opportunities with EVs. So what was the response from people taking the course as you were working with those? Well, I think it was for, for a lot of folks in the room, it was the first time they've ever got to sit in one, touch one, um, you know, check it out, open up the, uh, uh, the, the different compartments on it. Um, so I think the response was really positive. Uh, you know, Matt did a great job of explaining where the service opportunities are on these vehicles. And there are some, uh, you know, and, and, and certainly um, uh, we're going to be able to, you know, to, to at least service those vehicles in the future uh, to a, you know, from a maintenance stand or from a preventative maintenance standpoint. Um, and, but, but the other piece of it is, a lot of folks who drive these vehicles also have, you know, other vehicles with combustion engines that are more, you know, aligned with what we do every day. So it's a great way to uh, grab new customers and, and certainly, um, you know, offer offer some uh, services to them. And you talked about the classroom component of the course as well. Uh, can you explain that a little bit more in practice, what that looks like for the participants in the course? Sure. Uh, there's an, a sort of an advanced leadership component to this. So, you know, we're not talking about the the typical um, leadership models that are out there. We're really trying to go in depth into um, sort of some advanced um, topics to help managers really get the maximum performance out of their team. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that is uh uh, facilitated both by uh, Matt Webb. Um, and I also think I, I just like to back up real quick. The, the entire course is taught by, you know, industry experts. And, and, and I don't, you know, I have a hard time touting myself as an expert, but both Matt, myself and the other folks that, that were involved in this, um, we make a living at this every day. Um, and I think we make a pretty good living at it. So I think that brings credibility into what it is that we're talking about. Um, you know, Matt's got a lot of experience in the quick lube industry. I've got a fair amount of experience, but I also have experience from another industry as well. So that combination, um, I think, really brings together a, um, 
a powerful example of, of what you can do with, with the right leadership and, and, and the right training in your facilities. So we start out with, with leadership and some of the advanced um, topics there. We then move into sort of a, a 10,000 foot level of the industry as a whole, really kind of discuss the dynamics that are happening within the industry, um, how it's changed over time. And I think um, that's important to recognize that uh, the association obviously did a did that in a major way by changing their name, um, which was was no small task considering we've had that name for for a long time. So uh, we go into the kind of the industry overview, and then through that we talk about you know the other key components of running your your business hiring, you know, and retaining and mentoring employees, training employees. Uh, there's a financial component. So we really kind of break down the aspects of the PL that are appropriate for the manager. So most of the folks in there don't have control over, you know, your fixed costs and stuff like that. But there's a lot of variable costs that impact uh, the profitability of a the location. They need to understand what those are. Uh, and, and in some cases, they may be uh, deriving compensation based on, uh, uh, you know, a, a number of things. But there's some contr controllable P&L item lines that they can they can manage. Um, and then we wrap it up with a regulatory and compliance section, which is taught by Joanna Johnson, who obviously is a de facto industry expert on, on, on her, um, you know, in her field. And that really kind of puts a, a bow tie on the whole course. Um, these are things that um, were not taught previously in other courses that the association had. Um, you know, this really drives home, uh, A, how things have changed, uh, what the regulatory landscape looks like, why this association is so important, why advocacy and support of the association is critical to our livelihoods and ultimately how to stay out of trouble. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really good. And then there's a test at the end, everyone passed hundred percent, um, passed the test. So it was, it was a good day, two and a half days, I should say. Yeah. I was going to ask about what course completion looks like for participants. So there's a test at the end. Um, mm -hmm. is there any other component there, or does it kind of come down to the final test and participation in the course no. itself? No, it comes down to the final test. Uh, you got to get an 80% or, or, or better. There's, uh, I believe, 80 questions on the test. Um, you know, we go through these questions throughout the two and a half days of the course. And, um, you know, like I said, you got to you got to pay attention. There's a lot of material, you know, coming at these folks. And uh, I think we do a good job of, um, you know, presenting the classroom material, but then also tying it back to real life scenarios and situations. And because, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people that take the class are folks that learn um, with their hands, you know, their hands on people. They so we have to keep that in mind when we're teaching these different aspects of it. But I was really glad to see that 100 percent passed. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, what were some of the biggest takeaways, in your opinion, from this recent course? What do you hope people really got out of it? 
Um, I mean, there was there was so much. I, I I really think the vendor workshops provided a ton of insight, and you know, it was interesting because uh, as we were doing recruiting for the class and we were signing people up, I was getting a lot of questions about, well, you know, what are the vendors going to be doing, etc. And you know, a lot of people were a little bit hesitant because it was a more expensive class than it was in prior. Uh, prior years because it was two and a half days um you know uh there was a lot of feedback like hey i don't need to send my folks here to learn how to change an air filter but you know what ultimately ended up happening is the questions that came out for the vendors you know and they had their technical people here um were amazing you, you know and they were able to answer a lot of questions actually demonstrated on the vehicle Here's what's going on. This is what you need to do, et cetera. Uh, it was fantastic. So I think that was that was really eye-opening. We should have been doing this for, you know, all along. And, and we're going to continue to change up the, um, uh, the the vendors as well to provide some some different uh, variety. But that was a, a, a huge takeaway from my standpoint. I also think that we had a fantastic group of, of participants. Um, you know, I don't get to, you know, being in Michigan, I don't get to meet people um, too often from California and, and, and all over the place. Um, we had a great field of, uh, of really professionals um, at this class. So, yeah. And what are the size of the courses? How many participants do you usually have? Is there kind of a cap that you put it at or do you keep it a certain size? We try to keep it under 40. So we like to be between 25 and 40. Um, and it really depends on the facility. Uh, any bigger than 40, it's really difficult to keep everyone kind of uh, focused and 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 uh, keep their attention. Um, any less than 25, it, you know, it's, it gets a little awkward for the instructor. Obviously, if you're you're sitting there with you know five or six people and you're talking for two and a half days, not to say that we couldn't do it. Um, it's just twenty five to forty is really the, the the sweet spot for us. And for the context of our listeners who may not be aware, how often are these management courses held? So we're trying to do them three times a year. Um, you know, we are. Just just making the transition from the virtual model, the virtual course, um, back to the in-person ones. So, you know, there's some things that have to happen and kind of fall into place. One, we have to be able to find the right facilities. Um, doing these in hotels and what have you is probably not the right facility, considering we want to have more hands-on. So, um, you know, we did this one at Victory Lane. Um, you know, the next one we're looking at doing at one of the vendors facilities that actually has a training facility where we can, you know, have uh, bring in vehicles and be hands on there as well. So that's kind of the approach that we're taking going forward. And I bet there's a benefit to changing locations for it as well, um, just so that you can reach more people. Do you have certain areas that you pick in particular do you try to space them between the country or what does that look like when you're figuring out a location 
so we're moving it all around. Um, you know, this is the first time in a, in a while that we've been back in the Midwest. So we're looking at locations that a can, can comfortably hold 25 to 40, um, preferably have some, uh, uh, area that we can stage vehicles in and, and, and look at vehicles. Um, and it's also got, you know, that's easy in, easy out. So, uh, for the Midwest, Detroit is a very easy in, very easy out airport, good facilities around here. We're looking at doing something down south. Uh, then we'll probably swing back to the southwest, which is usually Texas or, uh, you know, maybe the Arizona area. I'm not sure yet. Um, but, you know, and then we also have to consider where the instructors are coming from. So we've got, you know, in this case, we had one instructor coming from California. One was here in Michigan, one coming from Iowa. So we, we, we have to coordinate all of that. And broadly speaking, why do you think a course like this one is important in today's quick lube industry? Well, I think for a couple of reasons. One, um, there's a freshness about it. I mean, this is not a... Um, you know, this, this is not designed to be like a motivational course or something like that. This is really, um, blocking and tackling how to succeed in the industry today. Uh, and the industry has changed. And I think that there's a lot of, um, a lot of stuff in our industry that, um, is still kind of stuck in time. And so we're trying to to move that forward. I think that's one of the reasons you would take this course. If you really want to understand what it looks like to be in the aftermarket automotive maintenance space in 2023, you take this course. Um, this is not 1996 when this industry was sort of relatively new. Um, uh, and, and you didn't have to worry about the competition. You didn't have to worry about car counts because... You know, you had 80, 100 people just lining up every day at your facility to get their oil changed. It's much, much more than that now. And so we're trying to, you know, hopefully not just create the next generation of, of maintenance leaders and preventative maintenance leaders, but also owners in this industry. You know, we want to keep this going, uh, especially for, you know, the, the independents out there who um, still represent a, a large share of this industry despite the consolidation that's happened, so. And where can people find more information about this course? I'm assuming on the association's website and when is the next one expected to take place? So yes, you, you definitely wanna to go to the association's website. It's still aoca.org. Uh, they're in the process of changing that over to the new, uh, to the new website um, or the new name. Uh, the next one uh, we're thinking is going to be in Florida in the South. Um, we don't have a date for that, but I would expect it to be probably January, February, somewhere in that time frame. So it'll be a nice time to be uh, in Florida, especially if you're in the Midwest or Northeast. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're, where we're at. There's a bunch of information on LinkedIn. I know, uh, the association has been posting a lot of the the um, 
uh, information about the course, about the most recent course on LinkedIn. So check it out there as well. Excellent, Justin. Well, anything else that you'd like to mention about the management course or even just about PAMA in general before we wrap up? Um, you know, only to say that uh, this couldn't, you know, couldn't be possible or wouldn't be possible without having, you know, an association. And, and again, I'm a very passionate advocate for our trade association, PAMA. Um, they do an amazing job there of, of keeping, you know, not only um, our, our industry, you know, relevant, um, but really promoting um, you know, the next generation of, of leaders through through training and through advocacy. So, you know, I would just encourage people to, to continue to support the association and uh, definitely come to the next class. Thanks for listening to the Nolan podcast from National Oil and Lube News. For more content, visit our website at nolan.net or follow us on social media. Just search for National Oil and Lube News. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you never miss another. Subscribe to the Nolan Podcast wherever you listen. I'm Associate Editor Hannah Bubser, and I'll talk to you more next time.